T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, we're back, Marks and Reese, as we will send it out to Indianapolis for the Combine. Or not for the combine, but that's where Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman will be speaking. Where the combine has become secondary, the actual players working out has become secondary. It's true. Yeah. It's almost like this is the prelude to the uh, free agency period opening. No, you're right, because it's all the good stuff happens early in the week. And then if you want to watch it on the NFL Network and the guys are running, then you can go do that. But there's nothing really that comes out other than – Maybe you know, the top guys, most top guys aren't going. Bryce Young's not throwing. Bryce Young's not throwing. And then they all do it again at their own pro days. Right. Every school <laughs> has a pro day. Right. So, really, the top guys aren't doing much here other than getting weight, perhaps weight. And yeah, you might, might run to 40. Right. Hand might. size, is that a problem with anybody this year? <laughs> we know it was, man, I wish. There's nothing better than a good who hand size who, talking who about. Who was that? Let's pick it. Pick it. That pick it. Yeah. And Burroughs. Yeah. Felt like it was more with Pickett last year. Well, because he has my size hands. <laughs> yeah, they're really they're, they're very small. Yeah, well, no, I and, love hand talk. Well, and then Bryce Young being only five ten, five ten and a half. Yeah, so we'll see what he actually what he actually measures in at. That was McShay I, saying. I thought that was it. No, I think McShay. I think McShay was like standing next to him and was like, "That dude's no taller than five ten, five ten and oh. a half." Jack, is that is that what you saw as well with Bryce Young? No, with um, yeah, with Bryce, no, Young. Bryce Young. Oh, Bryce Young is Mina Kimes. He's yeah. the the famous photo is him standing next to Mio Kimes and they're like the same height. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, I first seen that two years ago at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Same thing yeah. next to like, RG three years ago. Yeah, RG three was. But all those quarterbacks tall. with yeah. with CJ Stroud, all those guys that were up there, he was the smallest guy by yeah by far for yeah. sure. So um, so Nick's going to be up there first, and Jack is uh, awaiting when he arrives up there. They get the fifteen minute blocks. Nick Sirianni first. Howie Roseman at 345, so obviously the, um, the the talk of free agency, et cetera, with Howie will be big. And then I'm guessing Nick's going to talk about Brian Johnson and perhaps Sean Desai, their new coordinators, as that's the biggest thing from his perspective that he can speak about. Alex Taney, new quarterbacks coach. Oh, okay. So that's, Yeah, because other guys got bumped in, in – uh, Well, he was the assistant, assistant quarterback coach before. before. I have no idea. Alex Taney. So, yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting um, – Nick talking about the the guys that and Marcus Brady got moved to senior offensive assistant and TJ Paganetti he got moved to run game special assistant and tight ends coach because he oh. was the passing game run game specialist run game specialist and assistant tight ends coach okay there it is okay also according to uh, Jeff Mosher Mike Petton is being talked about as a possible uh, defensive guy being brought in under Desai. 
Okay. All right. Pride of uh, Central Bucks West. That's right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember he was a hot name. He was. Yeah. He's been. He's was been around Browns quite coach? a bit. He's, yeah. He's been a little bit everywhere. Browns coach. I think he was <laughs> yeah. last coordinator in Green Bay. Yeah. He's a three-four guy. He was. He started off with the Ravens down there. So yeah, they're. they're I guess they're. They they need other coaches on the staff for sure. Marcus Brady was the Colts. Offensive coordinator before Ursay fired him this past year. Ah, that's why I know that name yes. from. Yes. They brought him in kind of to work for the rest of the season. Ah, I made so, him a senior offensive assistant. Okay. So that's another guy that has experience that can be in there. So that's um that's good with Brian Johnson. And that it, it didn't this Tanny Tanny guy or Tanny guy, didn't he play recently? I was just trying to he was with the Giants, I think, last. Alex Tanny. Was he with him last year as a coach or no, because I mean, no, he would have had to have been here. No, I'm saying was he was he on the staff last year? He was an offensive quality control coach. Okay, at least I'm reading from um, a press release by the he was the assistant quarterbacks coach and an offensive assistant uh, for the Eagles. So it makes sense. They're just they're sliding guys up. Guys are with the organization and they're working their way up. And this is kind of how it's working right now. You have success, guys leave. You need guys to slide right right in. So at least offensively, that's what's happening. Right now, uh, with Howie today, so that's what Nick Sirianni is likely to cover any second here. Howie's going to follow with his 15 minute block, and I expect a lot of free agent questions and uh, what the roster is going to look like um, as far as how many players can you add. How like it's a numbers game. They don't have a lot of cap room. They don't have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of holes to fill. So how many of that? How many? How much of that's going to happen from guys they resign? How much that's going to happen from players they add from outside the organization? So Howie will speak uh, will speak after that, and I'm sure he'll talk about the coordinators and things like that. But um, is this a business like Howie that's going to be up there at the podium today? Not a happy Howie or a jokester Howie. This is a big off season, a lot of work to do. Howie roll up the sleeves when he's speaking today. I don't know. I guess so. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. If you want to jump on. After we um, after we hear the press conferences and react to it, do they give any heads up here, I, uh, Jack? No, nah, it's not as... on the Zoom. So eh, it's not on the Zoom, right? No, so yeah. Zooms where they usually check in. So. Well, now you got the Giants GM up there, up there speaking, speaking, speaking right yes. now. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, as far as the draft, because they are out at the combine, I saw Mel Kuyper had a um, had a mock draft. Uh, was this is this two mock draft? There, yes. uh, Jack. All right. So in the first mock draft, the guy that Kuiper had taking tenth, that he now has him taking at thirty. So in the course of just a couple of weeks, the uh, it's uh, it's the the kid from the defensive tackle from Pitt, Kalijah Cansey. So Kuiper has him taking him at thirty now. He's an undersized defensive tackle, two eighty. Uh, he had him taking tenth overall, but now he has him taking thirtieth overall in the Mel Kuiper two point mm-hmm. mock draft. With their first pick, 10th overall, Peter Skoronsky. Skoronsky. Skoronsky? Peter Skoronsky. Who the hell is that? He's an offensive tackle from Northwestern. Awesome. It'd be the first offensive lineman taken in the draft. Hmm. And he would smart. He would be an instant starter. They would likely move him to right guard. This is at least what I've I read from Kuiper and then from some other things as well. He um he may project to be Better at guard, but he played offensive, left offensive tackle at Northwestern. Hmm. So perhaps that is uh, that's somebody that they could um, 
I mean, it makes sense. I know it's not a sexy pick, and Jack probably wouldn't be happy, but they have a need on the offensive line. I would like cornerback. In this mock draft, there was three corners taken before they, they picked the 10. So they would have had the gone with Joey Porter Jr. So you got three corners, four quarterbacks, and two defensive tackles? And the two defensive players, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) No wide receivers this year. No wide receivers. No, and and, and then the wide receivers are bunched up in the 20s. Now it's early in the process, so so these things could happen. Doesn't seem like it's a strong draft for wide outs. No, the the kid from Southern Cal, uh, Addison. Mm Mm-hmm. Zay Flowers, I think his name is, from Boston College, is another receiver. The first the first wide receiver's taken is the kid from Ohio State that missed most of last season. He's he's being mocked going in the teens here. But um yeah, no, it it's definitely it's definitely a different draft. I mean, the the year that Devontae went, you had a bunch of wide receivers, you had a tight end in the top five. You had quarterbacks, tight end, wide receiver. Well, we and, know that was a mistake. And you had two corners, Sertan and yeah, that wasn't. It's Sertan and um, and and the kid from Carolina that went early. This year, you're getting four quarterbacks in the top ten, and like I just mentioned right there. So, um, I think everything's in play, Ike, as far as what you have in ten, as far as offensive line, defensive mm-hmm. line. They haven't selected a corner in the first round in a long time, as much as maybe we want them to. It's not since Lido. Since Lido, yeah. yeah. Well, so you're going back 20 years. Doesn't mean that they won't. Linebacker is the one player that I'd be surprised that they took in the first round, unless it was at thirty. But defensive tackle makes sense. See, like, I guess I guess you worry about free agency first, and then that kind of narrows it down to what you're doing in the draft. Mm-hmm. And this is something I'm sure Howie's going to talk about coming up here, where you have all right, we did we 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 thought about bringing Hargrave back, but we didn't. So now we need interior help on the defensive line. We thought about bringing. Brandon Graff, we didn't, so we maybe needed defensive end. Um, say Amala leaves. Are we good? Here's Nick Sirianni. How you doing? Good, how are you? You look good. Or Howie. Thank you. you know what I did today? Because where's Coach Sirianni? He, is he here somewhere? You always see Coach Sirianni. He's always wearing other Philly teams, right? Look, look what I did for Coach Wright because he's my guy. Look. I'm pandering like Coach Sirianni. Don't you think? All right. <laughs> I don't got an opening statement. <laughs> when you look at the top 10 and the quarterbacks that are in this class, how much movement do you kind of expect going into that that kind of group of picks? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of good quarterbacks. It's a quarterback uh, league. And so, um, you know, my our assumption is these talented guys, um, you know, we're, we're not in that market. Um, so hopefully they all go. Uh, to be honest with you, but they're talented enough to go. And uh, we, we do our work on them just like we do our work on every player in the draft. And these are talented guys at the top of the draft. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of competition for them. What was the opportunity when you had a second-round pick and a quarterback to build around that and do other pieces? What, what was that like? Um, you want me to get sentimental about how it was before we pay our quarterback? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it, it's the nature of the business. I think the, the better thing is when you have a quarterback that's good enough that you want to pay him and that um, he's got a chance to be a great player, show him what kind of player he's going to be. And um, if you don't have a quarterback, you're searching for one. And you can't win in this league without a great quarterback who plays at a high level. We saw how Jalen played in the Super Bowl in the biggest stage, and um, that's exciting for our team, for our fans, um, for all of us. Howie, uh, Pete Carroll said today that Sean Desai is, is coming to Philly, so can you confirm that? 
confirm Pete Carroll's statement? Yeah, I, I would say I would love Coach Sirianni to talk about the coaches. You know, I think that's his area. Um, you can't call Pete Carroll a liar, right? Yeah, I would not call Pete Carroll a liar. I would not call Pete Carroll. <laughs> Howie, Howie, where did things stand now with his new front office? What's the, uh, the combine process? Yeah, at the end of the day, the responsibility is mine, you know, and um, I, I don't say that in any way other than I take that very seriously, and I think we have a process that has spanned different front offices, hasn't always been perfect, but um, we do have a process and a way of doing things. At the same time, if someone comes in and has an idea that can make that process better, let's do that. You know, best idea's got to win. Um, it's funny when you said that I hadn't really thought about that fully, um, but we've had a lot of communication, a lot of conversation about the things that we're looking for at each certain segment. Um, at the end of the day, like, it's my job to outline a vision of, of what we're looking for, um, whether it's at the All-Star Games, whether it's at the Combine, whether it's the free agent process, the draft process. And, um, you know, I think the lines of communication have been great. I mean, there are a lot of really great, talented guys that we've we've gotten in our front office. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with them. With the number of pending free agents you have, how do you approach this yeah, I think, you know, um, we talked about it a little bit in Philly at our end-of-season press conference. I think at the end of the day, uh, our job during the season is to prepare for the offseason. It's not like we wake up the day after the Super Bowl and um, we say, oh, man, now we got to go figure out the team. Uh, this is what we've been doing. Um, we've been doing it all um, during the season, in the offseason. You know, I don't I – don't, I wake up every morning thinking about this football team. I go to bed every night thinking about this football team. Uh, it's constant communication about some of the things we're going to do. You know, at the same time, you know, um, we're going to prioritize the things that are important to us, you know, uh, that we build our team on, and we're going to make sure those areas are strong. Um, are we going to get all the free agents back? We're not. Uh, we're just not. We're, we're not capable of getting all those guys back. But um, we also understand that um, we're in a good situation in terms of picks that we have going forward. We have a lot of guys under contract, not only for this year, but going forward. And so, um, you know, we're not going to make excuses for the position that we're in. Did you make, you make an offer? How Is that two questions that I went before? I, I think I got to go with someone first and come back to you before I can get you two. Oh, oh, well, that's fair. Yeah, Kenny's an impressive young player. Uh, when you watch him and you watch his skill set, he's got um, a really good vision. Um, he, he's got the ability to get small and get skinny, and um, he can catch the ball. He can protect. Um, he's a good player. You know, we've also seen in this league that you need more than one. It's it's hard to roll with just one running back in this league. So, um, I think we're we're happy with Kenny. Know also that. Um, he hasn't hit his ceiling yet, and obviously he had, he had a good playoff run, but, you know, it's a position that we're going to continue to add at. We don't have a lot of guys under contract right now, so um, we'll continue to look at players of that position and a lot of positions. How, how, uh, how, he how, had to finish up, but now I feel bad. You know, he made me feel bad. Guilt. With the free agents you were talking about, when you have that many, are you, do you make an offer to each one, or do you know that there are only going to be so many that you can... Yeah, I, I think it's it's hard to make offers that aren't really in the range of what a player is going to get. And uh, our players, that, that what they have done for us and how they have worked and the character that they've shown and the success they have had, you know, we're just going to be honest with them and uh, basically tell them, you know, if it's a guy that we're interested in, we'll tell them the range. We understand that they put themselves in this position. They've taken uh, the injury risk um, to get in this spot. And... Um, I'm you know, just very appreciative of them. I mean, we had unbelievable chemistry. We had an unbelievable group of guys. Um, it's going to be hard to duplicate that, but that doesn't mean that we can't going forward. You know, I, I think just um, 
obviously we took a little bit of a different tactic this year. You know, um, usually we like to sign guys early and sign guys during the season. And um, because of how hot we started, how well we did, and how many free agents we had, we thought it, it would create a different dynamic if we started to pick one guy and not another guy. And so um, we understood that could cost us in the end, but we felt like it was worthwhile because of the opportunity to potentially win a championship. And, you know, unfortunately we came up short. Howie, where do things stand with you and Jalen on the contract? And are you confident you'll be able to get a deal done this offseason? Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about contract situations with anyone, Elliot. I think you know that. Um, you know, at the same time, um, tremendous respect for him as a player, as a person. Tremendous respect for the people uh, that work with him to do this. And um, you go through it in a way that you, you want to find a win-win solution. You want to find something that he feels really good about and at the same time that we feel good about. And because um, and surround him with good players. And um, he knows that. I mean, he's a smart guy. He understands that. And um, that doesn't mean that uh, it's not going to be a tremendous contract for him because he deserves that too. Oh, in the first round last year, you took Jordan Davis. Later, you got N'Kobe Dean. Where are those young guys at? I know Jordan had some mm -hmm. injuries, but your thoughts reflecting back on those guys last year. Yeah, I think that's part of the exciting thing. I think when you look at our first three picks last year, um, you know, Jordan played the most of those guys, missed some time with injury, um, but those guys are ready to play. They're ready to contribute. Um, and we knew, knew when we were drafting them last year, we were drafting them because we thought they were the best players, not necessarily because they were the guys ready to fill spots at a position of need. And so as we look at, at our team this year, knowing that those guys can take a step forward and be part of it and um, being comfortable with young players playing and young players that have talent, that have work ethic and get to put in that spot. And we even saw it this year, you know, when we put young players in spots and how they stepped up. So um, I don't think that's something we're, we're afraid of. I'll get you both. There's been some conversation about uh, the league addressing all these quarterback pushes, push plays, you know, use with Jalen and so forth. What, do you have any reactions to that? Any thoughts on, uh, on maybe why that is now popular conversation? Yeah, I think it's a better question for Coach Sirianni. All I know is everything we're doing is legal and, and it works. And just because people do something that's really good doesn't mean it should be outlawed. Looking back on... Is that an okay? <laughs> T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I don't have enough money to get fined. <laughs> <laughs> how Jalen 
through to get to the point now where he's a guy you want to pay? What, what were some of the keys along the way for him to, to make a major improvement from year two to year three? Well, I think uh, the reasons we drafted Jalen are he's an elite competitor, he's an elite worker, and he's got elite talent. I think that sometimes we, we use words like worker and uh, competitive nature that kind of um, frame it in a way that the guy's not extremely talented. And Jalen's an elite talent. He's got, um, you know, elite arm strength. He, uh, anything you tell him to do, like you saw his completion percentage, his accuracy jump. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, he's he's got a special talent. And you combine that with a special football mind and special work ethic, and it gives him a chance to be a special player. How can the offense continue to be dominant under Brian Johnson? Well, I, I think obviously um, Shane, who's here, um, huge part of our success, and congratulations to him and JG. We'll miss those guys, but Brian's extremely talented. Um, Brian's got a great offensive mind. Obviously, Coach Sirianni, um, too, a huge part of what we do everywhere, especially on offense. And um, when you meet Brian and you spend time with Brian and you see how he connects with players and how he thinks about the game, and um, you know he's a talented, talented coach, and um, excited for his opportunity. How would you need an answer from Kelsey on his teacher? When's our first game? <laughs> Make exception. I mean, he's a, he's a special player, special person. You know, I think that whatever his timeline is, um, you know, we're we're willing to work with him. And um, I think I'm doing his podcast tomorrow, so maybe maybe we'll have a conversation on it on, on it tomorrow. I'll I'll say you brought it up. Hey, for Tio had a question. Hey, buddy. How are you preparing in the next few months to uh, get back to the highest stage of the Super Bowl and this time win it all? I know. I know. Now you're making me disappointed again. Um, you know, I think for us, we got to take it one day at a time. we got to continue to do the things that we think are right. Um, it's a long way away till we play the next game, and we were talking about it on our flight over here that, you know, you get to training camp, you're so excited for the first day of training camp, and then I sit at my desk and I look at the calendar and I go, oh, my God, we have like 90 days till the first game. And I think for right now all we can do is um, take this process, which is meeting these players. Um, we have two first-round picks. Make sure that we, we just make good decisions after good decisions. We stack those together, and we'll end up having a really good team. And... Um, you know, we'll get to camp and we'll try to bring them all together. Oh, mic drop. And nobody, nobody didn't add anything. All right. all right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Nick Sirianni will be coming up here in uh, just one second. That was Howie Roseman as um, he ended with Jason Kelsey. Whatever his timeline is, is um, is what they're doing with Jason Kelsey. Here is Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I think his just his overall knowledge of, of football, um, you know, his football IQ is, is extremely high, uh, great detail. Um, you know, he's just a really sharp, really sharp co uh, coach. And, um, you know, I'm excited that he's on our staff. Brian Johnson, you guys also made it official now. You have Brian Johnson. What made you feel comfortable to elevate him from quarterback's coach to Shoot. You know, with Brian, I'm, I'm in there with him every single day and, you know, with, you know, seeing him work every single day, right? Um, seeing him with the quarterback, uh, with the quarterbacks, seeing him in game planning meetings, seeing him on the practice field, like, and so, you know, I, I thought that was the natural progression for us to, to go that route and, uh, you know, his relationship with Jalen and just Brian's a sharp, sharp uh, dude. He, he, he is really just – I lean on him for so many different things, and now he's now he's in charge of running the offense. What does it take to the scheme that, John, that Sean will bring to Philadelphia? Yeah, you know, without 
you know, one thing that we definitely have now is what we had our first year going into it. Um, you know, you, we have a, a little bit of unknown. Now, they, whoever we play first game can go and watch some of Sean's stuff. How's it going? Yeah, we can go, we can go watch some of Sean's stuff and uh, and from from Chicago or even some of the things from uh, Seattle. But one thing that we have is. Uh, some uncertainty again going into that first game so where you hide some things in preseason uh, football and then and so not not give everything away but you know what I did like is some you know some of the similarities to the things that we do uh, that we've already been doing here on a very successful defense um, and so um, you know with with different coverages different uh, run blitzes di- you know things like that what do you know about Brian and Sure. Yeah. You know, um, again, my job was to go through the process and 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 just like we do with everything, cast a wide net and, and get to know different people and get get to talk to different people and get to, uh, you know, see, you know, who's ready for the job. And, you know, uh, I think we interviewed a, a really good group of guys and uh, was really impressed by all of them, actually. Um, you know, and just at the end of the day, you know, obviously, you know, some experience that, that he, that, that Sean's had calling it, but also, you know, just, well, I got to do what's best, what I feel is best for the team. And, uh, and I felt like Sean was the best guy for the job. What do you know about Brian from a play calling perspective? Um, you know, obviously this, you, and you go through it, he, he taking us through and getting us to, you know, our first 15 that he helps with the third down order that, that he helped, helped with the red zone order. They helped with the two minute calls that, that he helped with. You do all that work. And, and you adjust during the game, obviously, but you do all that work Monday through uh, Saturday to get yourself ready for the game. Put yourself in every position you possibly can, you know, two-minute um, scenarios. So you, you put yourself in as many positions as you possibly can so you don't flinch when, when it comes. You're practicing, just like you practice, right? You practice um, to make sure that you're ready to roll in the game. It's the same thing with calling plays. And so, you know, he's been in that process. And, you know, Brian's had some experience to calling it at the college level as well. Um, but, you know, as you as you talk on the headset, hey, they're doing this, we should look to do that. I mean, Brian's, Brian was was doing that uh, all the time last year, right? It, it just, you know, when we're, we're, we're talking on the, on the headset, tr- trying to figure out the next series of plays and how we need to adjust, you know, so... Um, you know, again, he's he's done he's done he's done some of it uh, in the past as the as the coordinator in college, and then just the, the amount of things that we do together as an offensive staff, and all the things that Brian was involved in every one of those meetings to to, to put it together, and that's where a, a big chunk of it go uh, of how you call the game goes. Yeah, with all the free agents you have, how, how much input do you have? Obviously, in working with, with Howie and the money people on who can stay and go, and and how much is that weight held? Yeah, you know. Um, we, we talk about everything, right? We talk about everything, the draft, uh, you know, uh, um, every the draft, the free agents, um, our team. I mean, we're in constant communication. The best the best organizations are in constant communication with the head coach and the, and the GM. And, again, at the end of the day, just like I, I just talked about with the coaches, at the end of the day, I had to make the best decision I felt was for the team. At the end of the day, Howie's got to make the best decision that he feels like is best for the team. But that doesn't mean you're not in constant communication um, uh, talking through everything. And so – um, you know, and that's just what we do. I mean, I'm in his office I, I, uh, pretty much all day at, at this time of, at this time of the year, watching players with him, talking about players with him, talking about our team. Um, you know, whatever it is, and and we spend a lot of time together at this time. Did you interview other candidates for the offensive coordinator position? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Any external 
Uh, yeah, we had uh, we had an external uh, coach in uh, uh, Nate. Um, I don't, I don't want to mispronounce his last name from Iowa State, offensive coordinator, at Iowa State, really sharp young coach. Uh, man, you, you guys know my connection to um, to Iowa State uh, um, and and Matt Campbell and, and him. Um, and I, you know, we we were we were really impressed with him and his interview. And uh, you know, and he, he's a, he's a great a great football coach. Um, just got to know him through this process again. I don't. I don't look at it like here's who I know and here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna do, right? I didn't know Brian Brian Johnson before we hired him, right? I didn't know Jamal Singleton before we hired him. Um, there's a lot of guys I didn't know before. I didn't know Nick Rollis before we hired him. I didn't know uh, um, Jeremiah Washburn before we hired him. Like there's a lot of that that happens. I'm all I'm looking for is the the best guys for the job. Again, and you gotta you got to balance different things. You, you, you know, every coach can't be the same, right? I think is there's a tendency to say, I'm going to get this coach that uh, he's like me a little bit, right? And, and you don't want a bunch of the same guys running around. So you, but every coach needs to be very detailed um, in what they do. And, and so that's always the common denominator that I'm looking for. Um, but, and, and, but we're not afraid to, to cast a wide net to go, you know, I, I know how many good coaches are in college. I, I can't, you know, I think if you ask some of the Philly uh, media, they'll tell you that I talk about Frank Reich, I talk about Larry Karras, my college coach, and I co talk about my one of my high school coaches, my dad, and right, and and that's where I learned all all my stuff from. So I know how many good coaches are out there at, at the college level, and so whether we know them, whether we don't know them, whether we know them through somebody, or we're going to cast a wide net to try to do what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles. Alex, going to be your quarterbacks coach, and can you talk about Alex? Sorry, I don't want to get somebody else. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we'll obviously go through um, that with you know as we as we continue on, and, and you know, um, does the, does the staff dynamic fit? Does uh, you know does does Sean have anybody? But Denard's a great a great football coach. Um, you know, he's he's done an outstanding job, um, and you know, um, if, if he's still our defensive backs coach, we, we'll be lucky to have him because we know how good of a, a, a coach he is. But you know, we're not we're not to that process yet. I mean, we just kind of finalize that that Sean will be our defensive coordinator so we're not there yet but I, I think the world of Denard and how good of a football coach he is. What are some of the, what are some of the traits and characteristics in Shane Steichen that you think set him up to be a head coach and what advice do you have for him making the kind of similar transition from coordinator to head coach? Yeah all my advice like I, I mean everything that I, I, I've had so many conversations with Shane you know Frank what Frank Reich did for me was was pull me aside you know what felt like once or twice a week and said hey when you're a head coach um, be ready for this or be ready for that and I was very appreciative of that uh, to a point where I you know tried to do the same thing with Shane and, and, and Jonathan and, and Brian and, and just all the guys that that we have on, on our staff and um, and so you know obviously I've shared the information that I have I didn't keep any secrets from Shane I wanted him to be the best possible offensive coordinator he could possibly be and obviously he he crushed it, which turned into uh, him getting the head job for the Colts, and, and I love him, and he's he's awesome, a good friend of mine, and uh, you know obviously a very good coach, and um, so you know I didn't I didn't I didn't keep anything from him. I, I gave him everything I had as far as uh, um, the things that I, I knew would help him with the job that he's had, and it, like I said, it wasn't like hey right before he got it or right after you know 
Chris uh, Ballard said that Shane was the head coach, I started write, writing a bunch of things down to give him. You know, we've had so many conversations there. Um, but what was the second part of your question? Just what sets him up to be head coach? Yeah, I think, I think first of all, he, he's you get the job because you excel at, um, you know, what he was doing, right? So he's a he's awesome offensive mind. And, uh, you know, so he and he excelled at that. Our offense played really well. Uh, with Shane, with Shane leading it, and uh, you know he did. He just was awesome. Uh, you know, calling the game. I think he's really special at at calling the game. Um, you know, and that's why I gave up play calling duties. You know, one was to make sure I was managing the game um, as a head coach, but also because of how much trust I had with Shane. Um, just relationships with players, accountability. You know, Shane. Shane just he's a, he's a ten in a lot of a lot of areas, and uh, you know I think uh, Andy got a special coach. Nice hat. Yeah. How important is those Jamestown rules? Do you still require basketball? I'm sorry, say that one more time. How important is those Jamestown rules? Oh, you're talking about Jamestown. Yeah, okay. How important is those Jamestown rules? Yeah, I don't care. You, you know, again, my biggest mentor as a coach is my dad. And then I also have my brother who, who gives me a lot of, you know, those are my mentors too. And so, you know, they're still in the area. My dad's still coaching pole vault, pole vaulters for Southwestern High School. For my brother, who's still the track coach, I know my brother's not the football coach anymore. Um, but I still am able to to bounce things off of them, and I know, uh, you know, and so I'm still, you know, my, one of my really good friends is the head football coach at Jamestown High School. Um, you know, he actually was at the Super Bowl. I had him at the Super Bowl just because we had dreamed of playing and coaching in the Super Bowl for as long as I can remember. So I still have a bunch of conversations with, you know, um, with those guys about football. And, and you're constantly trying to grow in, in everything you do. I don't, you know, you know, I, I'm sharing information with, you know, Tommy Langworthy, who's the Jamestown head coach, and he's sharing information back. I'll, I'll take good information from anywhere. And, uh, you know, and then I pull for I, I like to I like to read the the newspaper back back home and, and uh, you know, article Scott Kingberg writes he, he, that he writes back home and about the local athletes there. And I know they got a um, Jamestown High School's got a, a, a player going to um, North Dakota State as a quarterback. And so um, I like to follow the, the sports. Enough. And so I got I just got a lot of connections and I owe a lot of things to, to Western New York. Nick, with deciding to promote Brian Johnson to offensive coordinator, was there an emphasis on maintaining stability for Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I mean, the, what you're going to see with our offense is you're not going to see a, a lot of a lot of change. We're going to because you know myself, Shane, right? I mean, Brian, like we we do it all together, right? And and obviously Shane will be gone. There'll be little differences and little different ways that the game's called. But the you know the way the offense is run with with everything is going to be exactly the same. The way our guys run routes are going to be the same. The way we brought block inside zone is going to be the same, you know, for for different looks that we get. The way we do our snap count, like, you're not starting, you're really not, you're just continuing to build, right? There is no Shane leaves, you do this, and then you do this again. You just keep doing this because at the end of the day, like, I'm, I was hired as an offensive coach to bring the offense that I have run in and, the, and that, you know, and, and my expertise in that. So I'll continue to do that. Um, it's just going to be a different guy calling the plays, but you know, it's still you know, it's still business as usual. And we'll miss Shane. Um, Shane's an awesome coach, as as we just talked about. Um, but I know how, how many good people we have in that building. You know, Jeff Stoutland, Kevin Petullo, right? Jamal Singleton, J Jason Michael, uh, Aaron Moorhead, Alex Tanny, right? T.J. Pagnetti, Roy. Um, we we have so many. See, and I said Roy because I don't know how to pronounce his last name either. I've worked with him for two years, so. Um, but like. 
Um, we just have so many, so many good, good people there. Eric Dickerson. I don't want to forget anybody, but working with that offense that are still in place. That was what, that was important to keep good people there because there's no doubt Shane wanted to take some guys there, but you know. They're Philadelphia Eagles, and they're Philadelphia Eagle coaches, and my job is to keep good coaches in the building um, because, you know, that's who touches the players every single day and help them get better. And, you know, when you have good guys, you know, you don't want to – you don't – when you have to start over, you start over. But when you have guy, good guys there, you want to you keep going and keep working and to keep things uh, similar. How do you kind of view a guy like Javon Hargrave, who's a versatile D lineman, that can rush from various alignments and how valuable that is. And then how do you deal with kind of the uncertainty of a guy like that as he goes to test the mark? Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, you know, and he's been a big part of this team for, for the past three years. I've only been here for two, but man, he, he is a, a big time player. And, and obviously you want all your guys back, right? You want, you want all your guys back because you just went through a super special journey together, right? The journey is what you'll always remember, right? You know, and I know that loss will stick with us, but there was a lot of good moments in that in that journey, and 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 Javon, and you know, just being around him every day at practice, it, it was it, he's just an awesome guy to be around, and that, and so he's a great teammate, and he's quiet, and he's a, but he's a quiet leader, but he's a great teammate. He's a great person. He's a great player, and so you want to try to get as many guys back as you as you can. And but knowing that that's not always possible. Again, how he's got to do what he feels is best for the team. I have my input, um, just like we talked about, and uh, you know, and and we'll see what happens. But um, you know, I love Javon Hargrave. Last question, please. Last question. Did you get the production Yeah, I think when you look at that, like when you look at that, it's easy to say, well. Quez Watkins didn't have the same year he had last year. Well, he didn't have the opportunities he had last year. And and it and it actually wasn't even close, right? And so, right, when you ran the ball the way we did this year, when you threw it, like, I think if Dallas Goddard doesn't get hurt uh, and miss those four games, he probably has 1,000 yards. So you have 3,000 yards receivers, potentially. You have one that had 1,500 yards, one that had 1,300 at Devonta half, close, 1,300 yards, like, somebody's production is going to slip a little bit. So it's not, it, I, and again, like the things that, that Quez does is, is stretches the field. The things that Zach Pascal did was our enforcer, right? Like, go back and look at the tape of how many times he was, he was in on a big block um, that sprung a big run. Um, or, you know, even the play that, that he made against Pittsburgh for a touchdown, like why did that play come up and why did he, was he able to score on that play? And I'm talking about Zach. Well, it was because he had made that block so many times that they all jumped in. He he ran by them, right? And so, um, the production. I'm just worried that what, all I all I want them to do is produce in the roles that we're asking them to. When there's a play to be made, make the play that you need to be made. But I also we understand too that they didn't have a lot of opportunities. And I'm talking about Zach and I'm talking about Quez. They didn't have a lot of opportunities because, like I've said to you guys, like our pass game ran through AJ, it ran through Devonte, and it ran through Dallas Goddard. And so you know we were we were looking to to get them the ball. And sometimes, you know, um, I know Doc Rivers used to say this a lot, like. Some guys are just going to have to get rebounds and get their and get their rebounds and then be if you got a chance but to I put think it I in. But I think I do a terrific you gotta, job. You got to take advantage of that opportunity to put that thing in. But we're going to design plays to run through boom, 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 right? And um, and 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 that's what we're talking about with roles. Um, and so it, I think it's easy to look at the stats and say, hey, this was he was his numbers were way lower. They were, but he didn't have as many opportunities. 
because of the other guys that we had on the team and how much faith we had in them. But we do have faith in, in Zach, and we do have faith in Quez that they, they'll make plays um, you know, when their number's called. It's just that it's called a little less. Last one, last one. I'll get you. Um, sorry, I do it to Bob all the time. I said Bob says last one, and then I look like the good guy when I said, no, I'll get you too. Alex Tanny? Uh, yeah, really sharp. Um, what was really interesting of when we brought Alex in, almost everybody on our staff had coached him, right? So I was with him in Kansas City in 2012. Shane was with him in, in Cleveland in 2013. Jason and Kevin were with him in 2014 with uh, Tennessee, right? And so, shoot, maybe he threw passes to Aaron. I don't know. I, like, he's just been everywhere. And so, like, but what struck us was that, you know, how good, how smart he was and how hard he worked to stay on the team as, as a, a number three, a number two, two quarterback. And so even when we were in, in, in Kansas City, I still remember that Brian Dable was having him do little projects for us. Um, I don't think he got the, any of the coaches' money, but the player, yeah, uh, he, was, he was getting paid anyway. But, like, he would, do, he would do little projects for us to help us, right? And so, you know, you remember things like that, right? And, and I think that's what the, the rest of the guys is Alex, when we interviewed Alex for the quality control spot, he did everything he could do to be ready for that job, right? He taught himself, he took a computer class to teach himself how to draw um, on Vizio, which we draw our pictures on, to draw on Vizio so that he knew he could do the part of the job that he was going to do, right? And, and I really admired that, and he worked really hard at that, and, it, and that's a thankless job. Like, we've all, like, all of us in that, a lot of us have had that job, and it's like, it's thankless, but he, he excelled at that job. Then we moved him into assistant quarterbacks, and he did some other things this year, and he crushed that role, too. And, like, and, and so he's, he's in his role, and I'm sure, like, you know, I'm sure in his mind, I know in his mind that eventually he wants to, call plays and he wants to be a head football coach but I know what he's going to do this year exactly what he did the last two years and he's going to kill his role and do everything he can do to help Jalen play better to help us put together a plan um, he's going he's gonna to work his butt off to do that he's super smart, he's super intelligent, he connects with the players, he's got uh, you know playing for 10 years in the NFL right? he's got that instant connection there as well and he's really worked to get uh, everything he has, and I, I really admire that, uh, and Alex, and, and I, I know he's going to be a great quarterback coach, and he's done a great job for us for two years now. What are your thoughts on the possibility of outlawing the push play? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, obviously, uh, you look at that and you think, I think some defensive coaches are bringing that up right there, but you know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play whatever rules that they have. I think what I think that. It was obviously a very successful play for us, right? And you guys would know the numbers a little bit better, and I haven't hit my self-scout stuff yet. Um, but very successful play for us. But it wasn't the only thing we were doing off of it, right? And, and I think we had some exciting plays that came off of it um, when the defenses were trying to, to stop you know, the play that they thought was coming. And that's kind of what football is, right? The defense thinks this play's coming. We just talked about the Zach Pascal play, right? The defense thought this play was coming and a different play came and it ended in a touchdown, right? And so, hey, like, I don't, I don't get a vote and they don't ask me, but, um, you know, I, I thought there was a lot of hard work that went into it. And there was a lot, like, there's a lot of technique and fundamentals that go into it, right? And and as far as how our guys block it, and the and the specialty of our guys like Jason Kelsey and like, and so we'll we'll do whatever the the rules say to do, um, obviously. But 
you know, obviously we had a, we had a lot of fun, um, you know, making, the, you know, coming up with those plays, right? We had a lot of fun practicing those plays, like the different ways, ways we did it. The guys, you know, the guys had fun doing that. Um, you know, Fletcher Cox always wanted to be in on one of those plays, you know, and, and so it was a lot of fun and just some of the wrinkles that were off of it. And, and I thought it was good for, good for the game. Obviously, I'm biased. We had a lot of success with it. All right, there they were, Howie and Nick Sirianni. It's Marks and Reese on 94 WIP HD1 Philadelphia Broadcasting from the Tasty Cake Studios. A lot to unpack there between the two of them, Mike Reese. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, lot of Western, uh, lot Western New York talk there from uh, Nick Sirianni during a period. Jack was hitting the drops a couple times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, trying to, I mean, I, I actually, the, the Howie stuff had a little bit more... Um, as we expected for free agency. And he talked about being comfortable with young players, playing young players. And there was Jason Kelsey talk, but right there, Nick talked a lot about Sean Desai and Brian Johnson and a lot of his other coaches um, that he talked about. So just anything in particular that they caught your attention from either one of them, my grace. No, not really. Um, you got mostly positive sort of answers. Like you expect to get the, the coaching stuff. I mean, for those that are interested in all that and want to know all that stuff. Good for you. Yeah, great, great, great. Um, but I thought Howie, in just discussing the team moving forward, what they plan to do, um, for those who may have thought there may be some chance that they won't get the Jalen Hurts deal done or they may have some trepidation about doing it, I think Howie spoke glowingly enough that – um, I'm not even sure if you can call these negotiations as much as it is just coming to an agreement on a deal. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's going to be much negotiating being done there when you listen to how Howie is talking about the quarterback and how they feel about him moving forward. So there won't be any question there. Um, it was kind of interesting he threw in there that without – without he because he, he always likes to say that – they don't discuss contract negotiations in the media or what have you. Right. But leave it to our guys to continue to press him on the, the whole situation. And I thought it was interesting that he, he threw in there that, you know, Jalen is about winning and he wants to do his best with a team. He's he knows arm strength too. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. He talked about those, but this is what I'm, I'm talking about from the, from the coming to an agreement on a contract. Right. He almost made it seems like Jalen understands it's going to take some some compromising or sacrificing to put a team around him that can win. So if you want all the cookies out of the cookie jar, then you're not leaving much for anyone right. else. And if you want a team put around you there, like he didn't get into it that deep, but he threw that in there to where, a bit there. where it was like, well, and Jalen wants to win. He understands and this and then the other. And he – he wants fair compensation, and we're going to make sure he gets that. But he also but, talked about putting together a team. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if they're able to come up with a number that puts – because here's the thing, and this is something that players have to think about, especially at his position. It's what Lamar's going through down there in Baltimore. And this is where it gets a little uncomfortable for fans. What he does with his contract affects who comes behind him. Particularly ones that look just like him and play like him. 
You go in there and start taking small deals and 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 not not market value deals, you undercut people to come behind you. So that's why Lamar is standing on principle down there in Baltimore. He's saying one ball club already set a precedence by giving a guy a guaranteed deal. If they can do it, I know every other team in this league can do it. It's just a matter of whether or not you all want to do it. You want to do it, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Lamar's got an MVP, and he's saying I'm a better player than Sean Watson. Yes. So give me a damn guarantee. Nor do I have the baggage and everything that comes with that. And they just gave this man $230 million guaranteed. So that's what Lamar is standing on. Well, if Lamar wins that, then every other quarterback is going to stand on that. Yep. So, and Jalen's also – with an agent, and this is her first big client, quarterback. So this is big for her. Yes. Because you messed the deal up, then what quarterback wants to sign with you? <laughs> Nobody. If you're, taking, if you're telling guys to take less money. So so players want to sign when you, with you when you can go out and get them the most money. Yep. That's why agents want big numbers put out there because that's attractive to players. Oh, he got this for me? Oh, okay. Then I want to sign with him. That's what Drew, Drew Rosenhaus used to – Corner the market like that. Yeah. Your boy in baseball does it. Scott, Scott Boris. Boris yeah. Yes. David well, Falk did it in basketball. Right. Well, they, remember when remember when Michael Vick got a hundred million dollar contract mm-hmm. from the Eagles, but like the last three years voided automatically. Right. They wanted the hundred million dollar number. They wanted the out number there. out there, yes. Yep. Yep. They wanted that number out there. So so that'll be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> but here, here's that'll the be great thing. Here's the great thing if you're an Eagle fan and you don't want any contract issues with Jalen Hurts. The Eagles are smart enough to know to keep their quarterback happy. Now, if, yeah. J- if Jalen Hurts is asking for an unprecedented contract, then that that might be where you run into a problem. Uh, Jalen seems like you, he's going to get his money just like the other guys have, mm-hmm. and the Eagles are more than willing to be able to do that. Kyler got 190. Deshaun got 230. I told you how I would do it. I, just give, I would give Jalen a seven-year, $350 million deal. That's what I would give him. And I would guarantee 200 of it, at least 200 of it. Maybe 220. Yeah, I'd be good with that. Yeah. And yeah. then in three or four years when most of the guaranteed money's gone and they want to reduce the cap number, if he's still playing at a high level, they'll redo the contract yeah. and they'll be but no if, But you get extra years to spread the yeah. money out to keep the average down. It's at 50 a year, so he gets to sit in the 50-a-year club, right? You give him, you give him two-plus guaranteed. Yeah. He's satisfied there. He has financial security for generations, and the Eagles get the year. That's what the Chiefs did. That's why they gave Pat Mahomes a $500 million deal so he could set it out. They gave him a 10-year deal to just spread the money out. It's actually a team-friendly deal when you yes, look at it. Yes, of course it is. It's they, a team-friendly deal. Yep. It's a team-friendly deal. And you know what Pat Mahomes did? I'm okay. See, and, and, and listen, I'm not going to count the man's pockets, but Pat Mahomes said to himself, I don't want to play anywhere else. This is who. This is where I want to be. This is who I want coaching me. I don't want to go anywhere else. So, in other words, Pat Mahomes realized I got it pretty good here. I understand I'm I'm taking a team friendly deal, but it's worth it. In the it's long worth run. it in the long yeah, run. It's like a lifetime contract. He's it's, saying you're taking care of me. I'm taking care yes, of you. Yes, it's worth. And, and if they need to redo it or bump him up or give him some new money or what have you, they'll wind up doing that in a couple years. He just won his second Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bump at some point this offseason. 
Yeah. So the and and we have a new Elliot drop as well because I think Howie said he's not comfortable talking about contracts, Elliot. <laughs> uh, and earlier he had said Jason Kelsey. He more or less he was asked about the timeline for Jason Kelsey and and Howie. I would say appropriately answered the question the way he did, which was you know it's whenever he decides he wants to play, it's on, uh, it's whatever his timeline is. Which I would say, you know, right way to answer the question. I'm not happy about that answer though. Mm. Like. Come on. I mean, Jason, listen, if you want to go down the road of Brett Favre and Rob Gronkowski or guys <laughs> like that to decide whether or not they're playing deep into the, you know, past free agent. No, right. like, 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 I'm not saying that you, you can't have time to think about it. How the hell do you not know by now if you're going to play next year or what? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine you do know. Um, but you need to be nudged one way or the other. Financially. To be sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, if he wanted to retire, you could just go ahead and say he's going to retire right. I and fo- be done with it. He's only coming back if it makes sense for him to come back financially. I, I expect him to be back, and maybe this just was – it's one of these things where then it's like, okay, you know, yeah, it, it, it's, hey, you got to convince me that it's the right thing to come back, and that means giving me $15 million, not trying to make me take less money or anything like that. Maybe it's a multi-year deal. I don't know. I just don't want to be getting – Past free agency, and you still haven't gotten an answer, and now you're going into the draft, and you're like, "Sure, what well, already right. got his replacement, right?" Right. No, I mean, you, you, actually, he slides right in, and then you're probably going to draft an offensive lineman anyway at some point, or you should, and maybe mm-hmm. that becomes your starting right guard. It just doesn't sit like it, it doesn't sit right with me that it's it's his timeline. Like that's fine if his timeline isn't more than another month or so. Mm-hmm. Or another couple of weeks. Like, if you're not sure if you're playing right now, then that tells me that you you really don't want to play. Or that, like, you know what I mean? Like, either at this point, you either have to be like, I'm ready to play one more year. I'm ready to keep playing. Or, nah, I think I'm done. Right? Because otherwise, I mean, how can you not be sure at this point? If you're not sure, then you are sure yeah. that you're not playing. Or that you don't <laughs> want to play. And maybe the only reason you're playing is because of money. Well, yeah. Well, it's hard to walk away from fifteen million dollars. No, I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to walk away from that. Well, I, I know he's just not had, playing another just, year for free. Just had another baby, baby girl. Yes, recently. You know I mean? Yeah, he just had another baby girl. So you know, those babies cost. I know. I I don't. And and <laughs> he didn't say that. Howie was just commenting on it. But it just the way that he he answered the question made me feel like. Like, all right, how long are we waiting to find out if Jason Kelsey's playing or not? Like, all well, right. Well, and Howard Eskin said that, not that he was reporting it or anything, but he did say that he he believes Jason may wait until May. You said that in such an authoritative name, too. You're like, and Howard Eskin. Oh, well, you know, Eskin, Howard But Eskin. usually we're just like, you know. The king, well, well I could have called him the king. <laughs> <laughs> now it's now it's a legit report. It's a legit report. Well, you say Howard's name like that. Well, no, he just said he he did not report. He just said that gonna, it, it could be till May before Jason decides what he wants to do. I'm gonna text him right now and get an official answer on it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. You know, well, I mean, get, how long do we? Start- you no, know he's not gonna do that. He gets in trouble if he's out know, there putting anything official on somebody's name. Like ninety percent of the yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, how long do we start calling him uh, Jason Favre? I mean, you know. Seriously. In or out, buddy. In or out. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, he's earned the right to, I guess, to take his time. Well, that's what Howie just said. <laughs> and yeah. Like, yeah, he's earned the right to take his time. All right. Elliot's going to join us next live from the Combine. His takeaways. <laughs> what else What else did we uh, – was uh, what else was said here um, about – he? It, Howie did talk about – 
being comfortable with playing young players. He talked about some of the young players that played last year, but mm-hmm. it seemed to indicate like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're willing to play some young players. And in yeah. other words, these old players are going to be leaving and we need to put young players in there. Well, that's letting you know that they're getting prepared for it. They, 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 they are getting, getting prepared for it. A couple guys last year, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised depending on the positions that they select with those two first-rounders. If they're playing this year, especially if they're defensive players, why wouldn't they play? Yeah. This year. <laughs> yeah, we need him. That's you don't, you don't have any him. talent. You're telling me you draft a guy in the first round, he can't, he can't walk in here and play. Then what did you just draft? Yeah, he better. But Williams better be playing a lot of, lot more snaps this year than he's been, too. Milton Williams? See, the thing with him is I don't. he may be best suited to play right. 20 snaps a game. Maybe. But like he's well, gonna, none of these guys are going to play 60, 65 snaps a game. Well, that's certainly true. All right, Elliot's coming up next, live from the Combine. Um, there was also some coach talk by uh, by Nick Sirianni. Talked about his uh, the Jamestown High School coach. His dad's a pole vaulting coach now, is what he said during the, the press conference. I know Jack was writing it down in there, taking notes. Yep. 215-592-9494. Marks and Reese. Elliot, main takeaways. You just heard Howie Roseman. You just heard Nick Sirianni live from Indianapolis. Elliot joins us next from the Combine. Right after this, Marks and Reese on 94 WIP. Hey, listen, let's talk about my snoring. That's right. I, I was amazed at the reaction. I put a, a video up on Instagram of um, of what my CPAP mask looked like that I was using for snoring. And then the my new dental uh, appliance that I'm using from, uh, from Dr. Pastor and kind of explained it a little bit. And the number of messages that I got and number of messages I got from people that are saying like, hey, how do I get a hold of them? Got a number of people that uh, set up free consultations with Dr. Pastor because I was keeping my wife up all the time snoring, um, literally all the time, and I had sleep apnea. I'm so glad that I'm dealing with this right now because I did go to the region's number one source for a dental solution in treating snoring and sleep apnea. It's Dr. Pastor and his team. They can make you an FDA-approved dental appliance that's often covered by your health insurance. So contact Dr. Pastor, get the free consultation, but let Dr. Pastor's staff take care of the insurance stuff for you. Right, my my appliance, I'm covered uh, by my insurance. Right, so contact him. He's helped me. He can do the same for you. My sleep is so much better. The snoring is done. My wife's not getting woken up in the middle of the night by me snoring like a train. Doctor Pastor, he's the rarest for dentist. My dentist. You can make an appointment at six one zero nine four eight eight five one eight. Come in for a free consultation. They'll, they'll run you through everything. 610-948-8518 or online, all the information, including his phone number, drpastor.com, D-R-P-A-S-T-E-R.com. Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about contract situations with anyone, Elliot. I think you know that. Um, you know, at the same time, um, tremendous respect for him as a player, as a person, tremendous respect for the people uh, that work with him to do this. And um, you go through it in a way that you, you want to find a win-win solution. You want to find something that he feels really good about and at the same time that we feel good about and because um, it's around him with good players. And um, he knows that. I mean, he's a smart guy. He understands that. And um, that doesn't mean that uh, it's not going to be a tremendous contract for him because he deserves that too. That was Howie Roseman just moments ago. We're back, Marks and Reese. He was live at the Combine, and that's where Elliot Shore Parks is. And, Elliot, I would have thought you would have known that before he <laughs> asked the question. And Elliot has a sponsorship brought to you by Hooters. 
It's hoops time at Hooters. Catch all the basketball action with hot wings, cold beer, and the Hooters girls. Find a location or order online at northeasthooters.com. What's up, ESP? What's going on? How are you guys doing? What up, E? Uh, so your, your takeaways, um, first takeaway from uh, both guys talking. Yeah, I mean, I think that the quote you played there is probably the money quote from, from either of them. Uh, it sounds like Jalen's deal is going to get done. They're not being secretive about that. I don't think there's, like, public negotiations going on here. Uh, it sounds like they're going to pay Jalen a lot of money. But the important part of that, I think it's been something we've all talked about the last few months, is how is this thing going to be structured? Are they going to, you know, if they sign Jalen, are they going to be able to not pay any other players around him? Are they going to be able to put talent around him? Well, it sounds like based off of that, and I know it you know, can be a little bit of just public lip service, but uh, you know, it sounds like they are going to structure this in a way where they'll still be able to sign players. Now, I would be surprised if a lot of that money they're saving is going to go to any defensive guys. I think we're getting ready to see probably a lot of these defensive guys that are free agents leave. But I think, I think Jalen, at least per that quote, sounds open to structuring it in a way where they can still pay the offensive guys, and, and that's a smart decision by Jalen if that's going to be the case. Now, you say that because they said – Keep put guys around him. See, I took that as not just on offense. He needs uh, an entire team. Like you got to have a defense as well to be out there, or you're putting a lot of pressure on him to go out there and win games for you every week. Yeah, well, I think that that fifty million he's going to get per year is going to put that pressure on him anyway, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, Jalen Jalen is going to have to prove, and I'm not saying he hasn't proved it yet, but. If when he when he gets paid this contract and he's a top three paid quarterback in the league or the top paid quarterback mm-hmm. in the league, that's what it's going to be. I mean, ask Carson, right? Me and you spent many many a weeks battling over Car. You know, once he got that deal, should he win the game? Should he not win the game? Like that's what it's going to be for Jalen now. But I think on the offensive side of the ball, and this is a major difference between Carson when he got paid and Jalen is now they're paying AJ Brown 100 million dollars. They're paying Goddard top of the line tight end money. Devontae is up next. Yeah, it's not Ortega Whiteside and Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, right. Right, right. And I'm, but I'm saying also just in terms of where the money is allocated, like you're right that if they save money on Jalen, it's going to get put elsewhere. A lot of it's going to get put into that offensive side of the ball when you look at what they're paying already. But again, like Devontae is going to be up next year. So I think that the way they structure this is about paying the guys already around him. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, Bradbury, Hargrave, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I would be surprised if those guys are back at this point. I think just with the Jalen contract, the, the amount of times how he's mentioned, like the draft picks that they have, it feels like he's bracing people for saying, you know what, these high money free agents might not be back. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, I know you felt differently during the season that, that they could get some things done, even with paying Jalen. Um, now, what do you – it seems like you may you may be coming to a different conclusion now, which I'm I'm completely in agreement with you. But what yeah. do you think that does to the team moving forward as far as what they should look like this year, or what what yeah. can we expect them to look like this year from a competitive standpoint? Well, I wish I could go back a few months and tell Elliot back in the day not to say that thing that they could bring back the player. Because I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> it's gonna, all right, brother. Yeah, it's all right. I don't think that's going to end up being right. But no, I mean, I when I think of what this team is going to look like next year. I think on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to have all their guys back, and that's really important. But on the defensive side of the ball, I do think you're going to see a very big turnover. Like Hargrave's probably not back. Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So what are those spots going to be filled with? Well, they have two first-round picks this year. I think they have uh, one one or two second-round picks. But also, I mean, they're going to have some money to spend. I just think that you're going to see a lot of young players on that side of the ball. And they're going to have a new defensive coordinator, right? So the defense, I think, is – 
schematically going to be very similar. I don't think there's going to be a lot of differences between Gannon's defense and uh, Sean Desai's defense, mm-hmm. but you're going to see a lot of new faces on that defensive side of the ball. So to circle it back, if you're going to invest all the money in the offense, if you're going to have a franchise quarterback deal, well, it's going to be on the offense to win games. Like, that's just the reality of what next year is going to look like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly where our focus will go to. You're, you're right about that. And, right. and, 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 and it's where it should be, too. I mean, that, if, you, if you're going to invest most of your money into that side of the ball, then you need to expect that side of the ball to win games for you. I know people don't want to hear this, but when they made the playoffs last year, that defense won a lot of games for them, right? A lot of low-scoring games that were kept close. So I think that, you know, it's transitioning. Like, Kansas City's defense wasn't that good this year. Why? Because they got a lot of money in the offensive side of the ball. So I think that, you know, Jalen took a step this year to be an elite quarterback, top whatever we want to say, five quarterbacks. All those other guys, we don't ever talk about what is on the defensive side of the air ball. We talk, you know, we talk about what are they thinking, what are they going to and that's the strategy that Jalen is going to enter next year when he gets paid. Yeah, and Elliot's live at the Combine. Uh, Sean Desai, when talked about him, Nick had said there's a little bit of unknown uh, with what he will do, but he expects a similar similar stuff to the current defense that they had this year. So I think yeah. he was trying to say, like, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's you know, they won't know what we're doing to, to open the season because we're running a little bit of a different defense. But then he admitted at the same time, it's not going to be much of a difference. The defense. Well, and I think his reasoning, if I remember correctly, was because they had a good defense last year, yes. right? So, so I, I don't, I don't think that they're looking at this as going. We need to completely overhaul the scheme of the defense. I think they look. And the defense, I know people don't want to hear this, but the defense did what they wanted it to do. They didn't give up good uh, long plays, right? They created turnovers. They got pressure on the quarterback. Like, they're willing to live with a defense that's going to get lit up by the top whatever quarterbacks in the league if ultimately they're playing a scheme that's going to help them keep the points low uh, against most quarterbacks and keep the ball in their offense's hands. So I think there'll be some differences with Sean, uh, with the new defensive coordinator. But I, I don't think, you know, for anyone thinking they're going to get some blitz-happy pressure guy, like, that's not what it's going to be. It's going to be a, a similar uh, scheme in some ways. There'll be differences, but it'll be a similar scheme to what Gannon had. Hmm. Um, Elliot, are you happy with both both hires? You think it, uh, the Eagles did a good job? Yeah, I, I do. I think that, you know, with every hire, you can look at the positives and the negatives, and I think there's positive and, and negatives to both of them. But I think the positives outweigh them with – with Brian Johnson, I think there's a lot of positives. The positives are he was in the building. The offense will be able to stay the same. I will say they better have a counterpunch ready. Like Nick said today that a lot's going to be the same on offense. They're going to do things the same way. Well, now teams have a whole offseason to prepare and look at the film. So they better have a counterpunch ready. But I do think it's good that he knows Jalen and uh, you know that, that he's been in the building. So the negative for me would be I think a mistake Doug made in 2017 when you know the, he started to lose staff members which he didn't bring guys from the outside. He just always promoted from within on the offense. And I think the offense got stale. So that would be one thing I'd be worried about with Brian Johnson. Um, on the defensive side, I think he has a good combination of youth and experience. But, I, you know, when he was with the Bears, his defense wasn't great. So there's a little bit of unknown there. Mm. Yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> this, could, this, could be, this could be a bumpy ride this year, man. Could be a bumpy. Well, okay, listen, we're going to play a lot of good good teams, so it could be a lot of shootouts. Well, and that'll be exciting, right? No, no one wants to watch the 2020. <laughs> no one wants to see the 17 to 19 wins that we saw in 2021, right? You guys thought the Super Bowl was a great game? Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we better hope the field's not wet, but I think it's uh, going to be a lot of games like that. 
Elliot, uh, Howie said that uh, regarding Jason Kelsey and his timeline, he, he more or less said whatever his timeline is, that he has earned that, and that will be his timeline, and they'll more or less wait to hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had ch- checked in with Howard. Howard does Howard Eskin does believe that he would not. He said, "I would not be surprised if Jason took his time and waited a while to make that decision. It's a big decision and a big commitment." Do you agree along those same t- so? The, the same timeline, and if he does wait, is it that big of a deal to how the Eagles are trying to structure and build the team for 2023? Yeah, so I actually don't think he's going to wait that long. I think we'll know relatively soon. Um, and, I mean, Howie also said he's going to be on Kelsey's podcast tomorrow. I can't he imagine did. they're going to have an entire hour-long episode and just not answer the question of whether or not he's coming back. But I also think, you know, when, when Howie talks about Jalen and his contract, he said that Jalen's a smart player and he knows his contract impacts things. That's true of Jason as well, right? Jason's been in the league a long time. He knows that if he's going to come back, his contract's going to be expensive. And if he's not going to be back, they know he needs to they adjust for that too. So, um, yeah, I, my guess is we'll know relatively soon. And I, I think he's probably going to be back, if I had to guess. I, I think that um, with how well he played last year, how healthy he was, I would be surprised at this point if he retired. Yeah, so would I. Yep, so would I. Um, I, I just I hope this isn't an every year thing where we're deciding. Ah, I need a couple months after the season to decide. Well, if he is back, that's as Jurgens on the bench for another year. Yep. Well, depending. I mean, say Amalu is a free agent, you could move Jurgens to guard. Uh, which you know, ironically, yeah, he's what too they little. did with Landon Dickerson. Well, I, I don't know if he's he's too little. I mean, I think because we look at this Eagles offensive line and they're all huge, we're we're a little skewed as to what guards Kelsey, are around the Kelsey's league. Kelsey's also like undersized. undersized. No, but yeah, Kelsey's no, I, also undersized. So putting those two next to each other in the interior of a line seems like a bad idea to me. Well, good news is they won't be able to run their quarterback sneaks anymore, so they won't need any. Uh, <laughs> they won't need any size on the interior of the uh, the That's line anymore. True. But. No, I agree. I, ideally, you don't want him at guard. But I, I'm saying I think if Kelsey's back. How about this? Ideally, say whether or not you're playing next year, Jason. Come on, man. How about that? I mean, look. I'm, like I'm, I'm picking a fight with the wrong guy because everybody will boy, they'll yell at me for saying this. But, like, you know whether you're playing or not. He's playing this year. He's not retiring. So stop. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if I see him down here in Indy, I'll tell him. To, I'll, I'll, I'll pass that message All right. on to him. All right, what do you, what do you, what did you, where did you have dinner last night? Or you just, yeah, you flew in last night. Were you drinking last night? No, never, never. Yeah, well, I, unfortunately, I decided uh, I would spend my night watching the Sixers game, which, uh, which right, yeah, that could line. make yeah. you drink. Yeah, that, that could yeah, make well, you I was drink. Say, yeah. I mean, we saw in the, in the clutch there, one player <laughs> on the other team made a play, and the other two on uh, on the Sixers didn't. But no, I mean, uh, yeah, um, tonight, you know, just get a good dinner, uh, go over what the Eagles said, and uh, try to find some stuff out. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see all what right, happens. All right, get some dirt, get mm-hmm. some info. All right, I will try. All right, brother. All right, brother. Well, appreciate it. it. Yep. Elliot live from the combine. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. He doesn't believe that Jason's going to take a long time to decide. Um, I would ag- I would agree, and I'm being hopeful that he's not going to. Um, and he he agrees with us where like it seems like the the, the Jalen contract they know what what they're going to do, or at least they have a pretty Howie's a pretty good idea what they're going to do. When you when you brought up the Pat Mahomes. Um, Signing the contract with the with the Chiefs, the long term contract, yeah, it 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 makes a lot of sense what you said. Like if the Eagles view Jalen Hurts like it seems like they view Jalen Hurts, which is like he's everything, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Are they willing to give him that longer contract with spacing the money out so they can try to fit more players in there? Does he want a longer contract? Yeah, does he want? I mean, him. Dak Prescott didn't want that long deal, right? So, um. 
Yeah, I think Jalen wants to be here, doesn't want to be anywhere else. I think the Eagles want him here, certainly uh, for the foreseeable future. It's it's a matter of can you get a deal done? Can you get the the contract details worked out correctly? And, I mean, they they still have a plan of trying to put a team together so that they can compete. A lot of it will depend on Jalen. A lot of it will depend on Jalen. Right. I mean, the Eagles aren't shying away from they they want to give him a long-term deal. So now it becomes, is it a deal that he and his agent feel like is a deal worthy? And that's why I don't think it's going to get done soon. I, I, or I should say I would be surprised if he was the first one to get the deal done. Right. Like if, if I'm him, I'm not in a rush. I want to see – hell, if I'm his agent, I want to see what the other agents well, – Get let one of those guys set the market of so course. you can say, Oh, um, of course, he's making 50. That means my clients were 54. Of course, of course, yep. Unless the Eagles are willing to put the money where their mouth is, well, they're early. Not gonna, yeah. I mean, someone's got to go, someone's got to go first, someone's got to get signed first here, yeah. And it's normally the people who, who feel like I better sign before they realize I can't play. <laughs> Seriously, that, that's normally who it is. Like, nobody wants to be the first guy out no. there that signs because nobody wants to be the guy who sets the market. Right. All right, we'll get uh, we'll, we'll take a phone call or two coming up here in one second. But listen, the Winter Blues, man, they're almost behind us. And all around the Philadelphia area, people are just waiting to get out there and be more active. Um, it's just what the doctor ordered, right? Fresh air. It sounds great, but if your achy joints don't agree, well, it's time to do something about it. And you can do that with QC Kinetics. Stop the steroids. Stop the surgery chatter. There's a better way to get lasting relief, and it's QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. This exciting approach using healing properties from your own body, highly concentrated, then places them directly in your achy joints. It can repair and restore your damaged joint tissue and get you moving again, whether it's knee pain or back pain or shoulder pain, hip pain. The patient satisfaction reports are incredible. There's no downtime. So the old ways are out. The new ways are in, and that's QC Kinetics. Learn more about their popular all-natural alternative to get you lasting pain relief without surgery or drugs. The call is free. The consultation's free. They'll get you in as quickly as possible. Call them now, 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000. Don't wait, 215-999-3000. Let's get to Andy in Deptford. Andy, how are you, buddy? What's going on? Yo, my guys, what's good? Andy? What's up, Andy? You know what's concerning me with Howie moving forward? I mean, we we all know what he's good at, hiding this money, you know, getting ahead of these contracts, that kind of side of things. Yep. He le- he learned from Joe Banner. I mean, he he was you know he was under Joe Banner, so he learned that side of things. But what concerns me most is what I think GM GMs have to be extremely strong on his drafting and his first round drafting. I mean, if we would have drafted well, we would have still had these players under contract in which they wouldn't have been free agents. I mean, you look at some of his first-round draft picks, right? Rager, Dillard, Barnett, Aguilar, Marcus Smith, Jordan Davis. You can even throw Carson Wentz in there. I mean, these guys didn't get you hardly anything near the production in which they were drafted at. And if he would have hit on half of them guys, but let's just say you hit on half. You don't got to hit on all of them. Hit on half of them guys, we would have been in a better yeah. long-term situation with the roster. It hurt You're going to have to give up all this money to, to these players that may be past their prime. We'd have guys cheap in their prime. 
And and I think like you know he pumps his chest out and he curses at fans at that road game. And I think Howie needs to get brought back in place a little bit until he starts drafting well, especially in the first round. He's a little suspect to me as a GM. I mean, you got the money thing side of things down, but how about the talent talent evaluating? Yeah. How about the drafting? That's where you're going to build your team for long-term success. I mean, you look at all these other teams in which they draft well, right? I mean, you look at a team like Seattle or the, even the Giants. Look how look how well the Giants have been doing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mm. saying they're a good team. But you look at the young core of players that they put on the field and that they draft. But the, in but the, first the, round. the Eagles also have a young core of players. It's just on offense. And Andy, what you're saying, you know, it, it's yeah, but real. None of them it, were it, draft picks, though, except for two of them. What do you mean? Hmm. Goddard, Goddard Devontae, Jalen Hurts, the entire offensive line. Yeah, but, yeah, but Goddard, Goddard already got Miles paid Sanders. with that. Goddard's not on that rookie deal. He got paid. Andy, I, I, Andy I'm, I'm not saying that I'm disagreeing with, with what you're saying. Howie needs to hmm. do better in the draft, especially when you have five draft picks and you have a lot of holes. What I'm saying is you're saying the Giants have this great core. Where? They don't have a, they don't have a scope. Of they, they have a running back that's a free agent that they're probably going to end up playing. They yeah, don't have a but, wide receiver. Who the hell's on the, who's but, the core of their team? But my point is you can't continually miss in the first round. Yeah, we agree. Yes. And, and then people want to say he's the best GM in the NFL. Like, you can't – you can't. that's like saying, you know, one component of your game is, is not there. I think, you, I think you said it early in your call. We know what mm-hmm. he's good on, with. We know what he's not so good with. And Ike's been saying for years that Howie's strength isn't necessarily talent evaluation. Mm-hmm. So – the guys that are in his front office are the ones that have to have an eye for it. And then how he has to have an eye for who's saying what and picking the right guy. Yeah. Devante was a good draft pick. Landon Dickerson's been pretty good in the second round. He hasn't been, hasn't been hurt yet. Mm-hmm. Um, hey man, go Bama. Yep. And yeah, I mean, like they, he changed <laughs> a lot of Bama philosophies. Yep. Yeah. You got a, you got a greater chance of hitting on those guys than, than missing on them with some the of Pac-12 the others. Players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go to Nikki in South Jersey. Nikki, go ahead. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I got on. What's up, Nikki? Of course you did, Nikki. What's up? No, I've been calling you guys from the car line, picking up my kids since I came home from the Super Bowl and not getting on. But that's okay. (laughs) Well, there you go. I'm on now. (laughs) All right. Here's just a few things for you. I want to say a few things about Andy Reid, and then I want to say. You got got two minutes because we're pressed for time, but go ahead. All right. I'm going to keep it short. Andy Reid. Who knew the man who could not manage the clock when he was our coach, manage the clock at the Super Bowl. Also, who knew he would challenge the right things when he never got challenges right as an Eagles coach? He learned. All right. Learned, yeah. Okay. And here's my other thing. Here's where we are right now with the Eagles. I don't believe for one minute that Gaddon didn't have his finger. He already knew he was the coach. We can say what he wanted. He already knew he was going to the Cardinals. But when you talk about the Eagles' loss, that was a done deal. It wasn't one bad call. That defense played like crap. Crap. <laughs> crap. So you blame, you blame Jonathan Gannon for it because he was already focused no, on no, the that's job. that's only one part. Oh. Okay. But that's special teams. And then when I have to see that guy get signed back for a special team, put the Olympic hurdler back on the field. Okay. Or me or any of my kids. Who, when we every time you see the ball coming to Covey, you're just like, yes, please, Covey, hold on to the ball, Covey, don't do anything stupid. Okay, <laughs> so special teams and the defense and the fact that Gannon already was signed to another team, 
Time is yours, all. Bye. <laughs> All right, Nikki from South Jersey. She she should be at the top of the list next time she calls. Hit her up, don't you, man? Yep. You apparently been burying her up. I I don't think I've ever talked to her in my life, but yes, like been burying. Yep. Recognized talent, man. Oh, man, I should have a pretty good ear for it. Good call. Yeah, uh, uh, Nick was asked about Quez Watkins and um and his production, and Nick, of course, said the right thing. His uh, wide receiver under the bus. Especially when he's going to be here. Especially when he's going to be making $3 million to be here. Yeah. Close to it next year. Yeah. So he said that, um, that listen, there's a lot of guys out there that catch balls. Devontae, A.J., Dallas Goddard, and it's tough for him to get opportunities. Which is true. Uh, which is true. Yeah. But also, like, I think everybody realizes Quez regressed, in, or at least what we were hoping for him to take that next step this year. Did, yeah. What, but here, here's the thing that I will say. Here's the thing that I'll say. And now it doesn't excuse him for the drops that he had in key moments. But for anybody to think his production was going to be anything more than what it was, you got three other guys that are going to get the ball before Quiz Watkins is getting the ball. And they run the ball a lot, as Nick pointed exactly. out. Exactly. Twitter questions brought to you by Mark's Jewelers. If you're getting engaged, it's the home team. Best selection of diamond engagement rings to fit every budget. Mark's-jewelers.com. We'll come back with a top five at five. We see you on the lines. We'll take some phone calls coming up. 215-592-9494. What does Jack Fritz have in store for us today? Find out next in the top five at five. Hey, turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least one four legs on any NHL game. And if all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app. Sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any NHL game, and if only one leg misses, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. BetMGM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.